0: Welcome to the CT Startup Podcast, an insider's perspective on the startup ecosystem in the great state of Connecticut. I'm your host, Eric Francis of the Trifecta Ecosystems.
1: Dave Menard with Martha
0: Kalina.
2: And Ojala Name with Reset.
0: And today we are here with Checkmate uh, Creations uh, with uh, Don Tyria and Tom Nasser. How are you guys doing today?
3: Good, man. Good.
4: Thanks for having us.
3: Thank you very much. It's, it's great to be here.
0: Nice. So uh, let's tell, her, tell her everybody about what Checkmate Creations does.
3: What do you guys do? Well, Checkmate is a digital agency. We solve problems with beautiful design and elegant code. Yes. In short, okay. I mean the the, the if you do good yourself. good pitch. Yeah, I like yeah. It. there you good go. <laughs> it's all right. There's the one <laughs> sentence. Uh, we we really help people prototype their ideas okay. and figure out faster whether or not it's going to work. Nice, nice. So how'd you guys get into this? <laughs> totally by accident. Really? Uh, yeah, actually, it it we started out uh, two years ago. Now. Previous to that, me and my co-founder ended up successfully failing our first three companies and realized that it was because we had no idea how to actually build the technology itself. Mm -hmm. Um, So we started getting paid to build it, um, build, build other people's ideas and figure out how we could build it and started off with website, then another one, then another one, then an app and... Two years later, you know, we're here. <laughs> Two years later, people are still paying you and you're, you're
0: <laughs> going down <laughs> yeah. that route, right? <laughs> yeah.
3: <laughs> nice. So uh, how do you guys, I mean, uh, both from Connecticut? What about, tell us about that. So I'm actually, uh, I'm from a really small town in Massachusetts. Okay. Um, Which one? <laughs> Which one? It's, yeah. Name it. Yeah. It's 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 Wire. actually called Freetown. <laughs> Freetown. <laughs> Freetown. Yes. Okay. Freetown. There is, there is. I believe now there's one stoplight there. Wow. Um,
1: where is it? See, I'm from a small town in Massachusetts, which is why I ask.
3: Oh, uh, it's like Fall River, Taunton, New Bedford area.
1: Oh, okay. I'm from the Worcester area. Okay. Right.
3: Yeah. Well, Worcester's big, but that's not.
1: No, no, I'm from a small okay. town outside of Worcester. <laughs> <laughs> to use like the so word area. Small town. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> right?
3: Yeah. So uh, I ended up going to school at Quinnipiac University, uh, where I met my co founder and um, chief experience officer. He's really a designer. And, uh, that's where we started, you know, building things. Nice. And uh, it was December of 2015 when, or December of 2014, when the last startup kind of packed up and we said to ourselves, all right, we need to start an agency or start building things to just get better at it so we can be better at building things for ourselves. And uh, it turned out that there was a pretty big demand for stuff like this in, in Connecticut. So things just kept rolling.
0: Nice, nice. So down. what do you do for Checkmate.
4: Yeah, so I do strategic partnerships for the company. Cool. Um, a lot of the work that we do is actually with startups here locally in Connecticut. Um, so we'll help a lot of tech companies prototype their first version of like, say, a SaaS platform. Um, and I pretty much deal with the relationships with the investors, accelerators, incubators. Um, and I do a lot of the fun stuff in the office too. try to keep the <laughs> try to keep the vibes positive and, and um, make sure everyone's having a good time along the way. Nice, nice. So tell us about
0: a little bit about these failures because we always like to hear about the failures.
3: Well, wow. <laughs> there we go. So uh, the first application that I was part of was called Custer. Okay. This, this is a huge throwback. This is like sophomore <laughs> year of, of college. And uh, it, was a, it was a digital couponing app. And this was actually before Retail Me Not okay. back in the day. And I ended up making screen mock-ups in Keynote uh, wow. Which was which was the best thing that I even knew existed at the time. I, you know, I, I didn't know anything about Photoshop or, or Illustrator or Sketch, which is the actual program you should be using for <laughs> screen mockups now. Anyone listening, Sketch by Bohemian Coding, very good. Uh, but yeah, so we started with that. Uh, I won some money through different college competitions, uh, spent it on who knows what, and <laughs> then really the, fiscally yeah, conservative yeah, back yeah, then, at huh? that point. Yeah. <laughs> And um, then it went on to the next one. And the next one was I had a really bad landlord, actually, at the time. And this was my junior year of college. I had a terrible landlord. And I wanted to rate my landlord like I would rate my professor. I thought that would okay. be a good thing. I wanted to make sure this guy, uh, you know, the world knew the quality of, of service I was getting <laughs> as a tenant. And um, it, I ended up hiring a guy from Budapest. To I found somebody online to to build this thing, and won again won a couple college competitions. Paid this guy in Budapest. Uh, we got sort of an MVP, but uh, that was my first case of scope creep. Hmm. So we ended up you know rating your landlord, but then wanting to book maintenance online or pay your rent online and like do all of these things that when you rent a house now it's pretty standard, and uh, that turned into the third one uh, which which was a noisy neighbor application something that <laughs> always gets a good I really just had a really bad place to live yeah. <laughs> like the neighbors sucked the well, landlords sucked here's up. the thing so it was it was at Quinnipiac right and Quinnipiac at the time had a rather politically charged problem with kids living off campus and and what um what the school and what the town wanted to do with taxpaying dollars going to police officers that were servicing college owned houses or, or student, um, you know, student noisy neighbors. And this application was just a way to anonymously text your next door neighbor, the message, please quiet down. And thank you. Always gets a laugh every time, (laughs) (laughs) but it, 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 Again, won some college competitions, earned some money. <laughs> He's we, it, got those unlocked. Yeah, I was really good at filling out those applications. <laughs> way too many of them. Uh, so we ended up graduating that year, and I hired a guy from UMass Amherst in artificial intelligence to build this application. And in retrospect, you know, I had no way of kind of monitoring um, whether or not what he was doing was creating progress right but but in in the meantime i had put the business hat on went to a couple um like national housing director conferences and i had unc chapel hill ohio state and georgetown as beta testing sites for this like noisy neighbor application which you know, on its surface, uh, it was a noise neighbor application, but what we were selling was noise analytics. We we're we're correlating <laughs> noise analytics. I love it. We co- <laughs> exactly right. It's um, all about big data. <laughs> <laughs> Who's
0: throwing the parties? What <laughs> what people are complaining? Well, if, What's the <laughs> coolest house to live in. <laughs> yeah,
3: exactly. Yeah. That that was one thing from the student side, but from the university side, it was if a student is being noisy on campus and they get, you know, the, the RA or whoever comes in. Um, because there's, there's noise, and then they find X, Y, or Z, and they end up getting expelled or suspended and then transferred, then the value of that student over three years or two years is actually much greater. So, like, noise is actually a, a very costly problem if students get in trouble for that, uh, for other things that is tangentially related to noise. So that that was sort of the sell. Wow. <laughs> listen, listen, if they...
0: That's a good sell. I like that. <laughs> Thank God he didn't put that in my uh, university. <laughs>
3: Um so you know, December of, of twenty fourteen rolled around and we didn't we didn't have a product. We mm-hmm. had these schools asking for a product. Um so the company folded when yeah, and we ran out of money. And and that's when Checkmate really came came uh into the um into view but with Cam uh and Alex, really the the developer and, and designer saying, Hey Tom, we don't want to work anywhere else or like get a real job. So if you can <laughs> figure out how we can stick around, like I'd be happy to build something. And um, I just reached out to people I knew and tried to start building stuff. Um, <laughs> we, we've had a lot, of, a lot of friends and fun definitely over the last couple of years with some, some crazy people that we've been working with. <laughs> yeah, there's some interesting people in Connecticut. Definitely. Sure. <laughs> definitely <laughs> is.
2: So w- w- why did you guys decide to stay in Connecticut?
3: It was, it was just the the talent that we had. Um, so like Cam and Alex are, were from and live in Connecticut. They wanted to be here. Um, I wanted to keep them as like, you know, working with me and, and I just started working in Connecticut. It was very happenstance. It wasn't, Oh, you know, it's going to be big in, in three years, like new Haven, that's going to (laughs) be awesome. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't that type of thought. It was just, Hey, we have people here and this is where we are. This is where I am. Um, and things just kind of organically grew.
1: So, Don, when did you get involved with Checkmate Creations?
4: Yeah, so pretty, pretty uh, soon after where Tom left off. So um, it was him, Cam, and Alex kind of taking a shotgun approach at, you know, what kind of jobs can we do? Can We can do WordPress website. We could do whatever kind of website. We could do a logo. We could do this. Um, maybe about six months into that, uh, I came into the team, and there was about six employees there. So I think you should fill in the blank between you three and then those six and then i'll pick up after that
3: it was it was a lot of um emotional distress (laughs) running a company that that wasn't you know sure if it's going to be successful right and and didn't really know where the next where the next job was going to be um i think from an entrepreneurial standpoint there's always that period of of like the dark ages of just very strong uncertainty and and um you really directionless, right? It was it was just the the either you have to make it happen or it's it's gone, and that was that was the time before Don came. Yeah. <laughs> it was just very uh, very tough times, but at the same time we were learning a lot and and figuring out oh there's like a process you can establish and there's expectations with the client that you can set and, and just very obvious things
4: in retrospect, but uh, <laughs> we learned the hard way for sure. <laughs> There's a lot of a lot of weeding through ambiguity, I think, is, is a huge thing for startups. Um, I find that like not having a refined process makes everything so difficult because you're just trying to figure it out and you're trying to do the best you possibly can. But you know what route do you go down? What road do you go down? What what turn do you take? You have no idea and you're just trying to figure it out all the time. So it almost seems like you're lost. And I think when I got there, there was a lot of that going on. Um and I loved it. <laughs> I loved every second of it. I mean, apparently you like chaos in your life. <laughs> I do. I like I like having chaos and then fixing the chaos and then adding more chaos. Yeah, into yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, Um. So my background w- was more in a, a corporate sales background. So, um, I was trained on process. That's that's mm. all I knew. And um, but when I was in school, going at UConn at the School of Business, um. I just love the the entrepreneur community. So a big mentor of mine, David Noble, who's uh, he's at the business school there, teaches entrepreneurship, a bunch of other business-related classes.
1: Wears great hats.
4: Yeah. Wears <laughs> great hats. Has a wonderful pug. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, he he was he played a big role. He played a big role in my career. I mean, after every class I had with him, the gears were always grinding, and um, I sat down and talked to him and you know, he said, you'd be a great entrepreneur. I think that's, that's, that's your calling. And I said, you know what, I think, I think you're right. Um, So we did some brainstorming. I started going to meetups. I started going to the Stanford Innovation Center, checking that out. Um, And lo and behold, when I was at the Stanford Innovation Center doing a startup weekend, I met someone uh, by the name of Will. Um, And Will actually introduced me to Checkmate. He brought me in, he said, hey, I think I have an opportunity for you. maybe six months down the road after that. So funny story here is I was working at Enterprise Uh Rent-A-Car, and Uh I was bringing a rental car um, down to get an oil change. And I was in there looking around, and I saw this guy. Tattoos look so familiar. And I said, you know what? Screw it. I'm actually I'm just going to say it. And and I went up to him, and I said, I don't know how I know you, um, but we should figure it out right now. And (laughs) so we stood there awkwardly, and I'm like, Did you go to UConn? No. Do you have anything to do with Enterprise Rent-A-Car? No. Are you involved in the entrepreneurship community? Yes. Cool. Check. Um, Then I started listing off events and places. And then we figured out he was actually a mentor at the Stanford Innovation Center. Um, And he recently had started working with Checkmate at the time. And I told him how I was looking for an opportunity. He said, cool, you got to come in and check it out. So he invited me down to the Checkmate office uh, in Hamden when we were maybe like, quarter of the size in square footage for sure and about a quarter of the size in in team size and I go in there um it's maybe like 6 p.m winter time I'm wearing my shirt and tie got a long coat like shaved you know you have to look a certain way when you work in a certain place and um I go into this like this dingy basement and all I hear is the radiator kind of crackling (laughs) and um I look around and I just see like these Macs and just like a few people kind of hacking away at some code and I saw the black screen with the green text and I was like holy crap this is like what you see in the movies this is so (laughs) cool um and you could just like smell the passion in that room like the people in there were just loving it and uh those vibes would hit you from half a mile away so I, I walked in there and I knew that's kind of where I wanted to be um I knew that's what I wanted to do and I sat down with Will and um Connor, who was one of the original co-founders, yep. and you know we, we had a great chat for maybe an hour and a half. I thought I was going to be in there, you know, do a thirty-minute interview, and we just hung out for like an hour and thirty minutes. Uh, I left, and and the next day I said to Enterprise, I shot out an email, hey, I'm I'm going part time. Um, I want to try something out with with these guys. Um, so I split my time between them. I started putting some some skills on my tool belt for the startup world because. Um, yeah, you know, sales and, you know, sales process, but you also need to have a little bit more of a technical background. So I split my time between the two companies, kind of refining my skills with Checkmate. Um, and then maybe, you know, four months into that, I said, I'm ready to go all in. Um, and I joined these guys and it's been an amazing ride ever since (laughs) it's been so cool. Um, just watching this company grow and being part of it. Um, and we were talking offline a little bit before this podcast about how, you know, you learn so much in such a short amount of time, uh, such in such a short amount of time, and you pivot so fast, um, and you end up having such like a, re- a refined company in such a short amount of time because you're navigating this ambiguity. So we've come a long way from that ambiguous cloud when we first started to having like a clear direction and having a clear process um, for most aspects of our business now.
2: So. That's awesome. That's a uh, sounds like a pretty awesome team that you guys have. So how how many people? Are you guys now?
4: Right now, we're at fifteen. Wow, that's yeah, awesome! Fifteen
3: people—that's
2: exciting. So, what have some of your biggest challenges been over the last couple of years as you've been growing the company?
3: Establishing. Well, I think I think probably the biggest uh, the biggest challenge has been being prescriptive in what it is that someone might actually need next versus what they think or what they want next. That that is a. a pretty big challenge that we're trying to overcome and we're just especially right now we're just starting to refine our process to the point where we're able to sort of diagnose what the problem might be instead of just saying oh there's like a financial incentive here and this is what you want we'll build that now <laughs> you know that that's not exactly <laughs> right. what we're trying to do anymore you know we, we're, we're at the point where we, we've seen enough startups go up and go down to be able to say well what, what is your business model and like articulate that to us, uh, you know, and, and really testing their knowledge and helping them understand what the different components are to actually creating a successful or a viable company.
2: Right. Right. What, um, I guess, what of some of the, the companies that you work with? Um, you mentioned that a lot of them are coming from different accelerators and incubators and, and so Definitely. on. Um, what are some of your, competitors out in the market that are doing similar stuff um you know are there many of them in Connecticut um just because most tech talent seems to get sucked into major corporations so it's hard to see smaller things going off the ground um and then how do you guys figure out sort of price points especially when you're working with startups they don't really have a lot of money right so (laughs) um it's interesting because it's up to them to figure out how to get you paid so you don't have to worry about the whole fundraising for a specific project per se Mm -hmm. Um, but you still need to get paid
4: yeah, yeah. So it's interesting that you bring that up. Um, so I'm just going to touch on that second half real quick, because that's what's at the top of mind. And everyone always asks that question. It's like, how do you <laughs> make any money working with startups? Um, well, the, the thing is that we primarily work with startups that have received at least like an initial round of funding, right? Mm-hmm. So they validated their idea already. Um, they just need a little bit more fine tuning, and they need our help to kind of guide them. Um, But because they've been able to raise a little bit of money, it shows that they have some sort of backing. So a lot of the partners that I work with are investors and and specifically in Connecticut, you know, a big partner of ours is Connecticut Innovations. Um, They make a lot of investments here in the state and and they really do the best that they can to try to keep the talent here in the state. And I think that's what we try to do, too. You know, it's the same mission. We want to grow the Connecticut entrepreneur tech scene um, and CI plays a big role in that. So... um, To address that, you know, we we work pretty closely with them. And there's a couple other organizations, you know, around the country that do similar things and investors. Um, But we get paid because, you know, they have they've already got some backing. Um, But I'm sorry, what was the first part of the question?
2: Um, It was just kind of who are some of the competitors in the in the area, especially in Connecticut. Right. Yeah. And the
3: accelerators, too. I wanted to touch on that for sure.
4: Sure. Yeah. So in terms of like specific agencies that want to directly work with startups, um, there's not too much competition. I think there is competition in the digital space when it comes to digital marketing. I think that's pretty saturated. And I think that, um, you know, there's also competition when it comes to like maybe some UX, UI design. Um, But there's not a full service digital agency that prioritizes working with startups to build MVPs like we do. Um, So I, I think we have a pretty niche spot. Um, and you wanted to t- touch on accelerators, though.
3: Yeah, yeah. So the um, the incubators and accelerators and the different groups um, that we end up partnering with. I mean, there's there's some phenomenal ones in in Connecticut, uh, especially. There's some in in New York and in DC and in Boston that we that we're affiliated with too. And what how we've positioned ourselves is to try to work with these uh, with these organizations that are already coaching, are already validating startups. And we're able to bolt on with the the accelerator incubator and tie into the investor and also be like a sales channel for the startup. So a lot of the startups that we end up helping, we have... It's it's really part of our philosophy of like our our network effect like we want to be a network effect in itself. So like when a when a startup comes to us and says hey we have this crazy idea and this is what we have and this is who we're looking for, then we're like oh you actually really need to talk to Chris and like this guy is does X Y and Z and like whether or not that comes back and directly impacts us like is is kind of tangential it's more about okay this is a person who can help you and this is why like we're just trying to help you regardless right. of whether or not it's profitable for us because like a con- shifting the conversation to someone new is is far more valuable than trying to drag out a conversation to get yeah. you know a website deal or right. something it's just right. it's not worth anyone's time at that point
4: right mm-hmm.
0: so so what is it that you're you're best at right is it is it kind of taking um uh, is it managing the mvp process and building that process or is it the the ux of that of that like what is it cuz i mean an mvp to different companies is going to be completely different right right, right. so so some need, i mean everybody needs a digital presence let's not be let's, yeah, let's right, not be yeah. stupid you know um but again an mvp could just be you know just a a presentation versus some of need a physical product like what is it that, about the mvp process that you guys are like the best at
3: it's i i think it's really identifying what the problem is, and the fact mm-hmm. that it is a problem, mm-hmm. and and what that solution might be based on certain assumptions. So, like th- figuring out what process it is to validate or invalidate assumptions that are addressing a specific problem. Mm-hmm. Um, that that's what we're really really good at in figuring out whether it's, it could be UI UX, it could be an actual product. It could be something on Zapier or something like just totally strategic based, or maybe it's a survey, like mm-hmm. figuring out and validating and invalidating these, these assumptions is like what we really love and, and solving those problems because like the more complex the problem is, the, the more everyone's like, Oh, okay, <laughs> this is fun. Yep. You, you know, you yeah. know, like that, that's, that's kind of the, the attitude that we approach approach the problems with is mm-hmm. it's just another challenge so it's it's a lot of fun for everyone to put
4: their heads together. Yeah, yeah I, I think um, you know once we identify that this clearly is a problem and there clear this is clearly a pain point for a lot of people, um, I think we're really good at building a product that strictly solves that problem in its bare bones. Um, so like Tom was saying about rate and rent, right? Like there's one clear problem that needs to be solved. Let's not try and you know pull in maintenance people. Let's not try and add all these bolt-ons from the beginning let's really refine the product that you're trying to build to address that problem right now. Because as a startup, it's true, you don't have a lot of money. You already you don't have a lot of backing in the early stages. So you need to spend your money very wisely. Mm-hmm. Um, and you need to solve the problem that you're claiming to solve. So I think we're really good at refining the scope of what people think they need to like what they actually do need. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we work with them to do that. So it's, it's definitely, it, it is prescriptive in a sense, but it's not like, it, from like a dictator type of perspective you know we work together and, and and we address the problem together yeah it doesn't usually work for an entrepreneur it's like don't tell me what to do yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs>
1: don't, don't give me rules
0: and exactly here fill out this rubric no i don't think so <laughs> i tell my girlfriend that all the time when i'm talking about like diets and stuff it's like, like i hate people telling me what to do especially myself you know yeah. like, <laughs> nice nice so um so you said you work with some uh accelerators and stuff uh in new york uh dc so your services are outside of connecticut too is it all all in person not in person like tell us a little bit about
3: that we travel quite a bit uh we we definitely go to new york and dc like last year i went to dc once a month Uh um this year i'm probably going to go to dc like once every other month and then uh, Boston once every other month mm-hmm. and then New York once every other week. Okay. Um, so we, we, we do travel a lot. Don goes to, to New York and Boston probably a little bit more than I do these days um, it, because a lot of it is uh, what our, our first two years have been was like, hey, we need to find work for everyone to do. And now that we're in the position that we're in, we're like, okay, now we can refine and focus and understand the types of jobs that we are taking on and why we're taking on certain jobs and what industries we want to focus in on or like all these different options we have. Uh, So, I mean, the the accelerators and incubators in DC and Boston and New York and Connecticut, it's it's just an amazing, it's amazing to see how they all approach the similar problems differently. And, and uh, Don's probably done it a lot more than I have of just like introducing these people to each other and say, Hey, mm-hmm. you should probably just have a conversation. You know, you, 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 you'd probably just really enjoy, you know, picking each other's brain for an hour or a half hour or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, there's, there's countless examples of, of how that's been great for you. Yeah.
4: I think, um, I think there's always just like a fan set to high right in front of a Rolodex. And that's like my mind at all times. Um, <laughs> it's just like spinning with like who can I introduce to who so that they can like start moving. And it's, it's not like, you know, like Tom was saying before, it's not from a perspective that like it should benefit us directly. But um, if I can introduce one person in my network to another person who can directly add value to each other, now my network directly has more value. Right. So it's about creating opportunity for everyone in your network to create more opportunity for everyone else. So um, I think that's a big philosophy here at Checkmate is like, we're not just in this for ourselves it's about growing the entrepreneurship community and that's why we focus on startups and that's why we focus on introducing startups to people in our network right mm-hmm. so it, it's crazy the people that you'll meet man just going out and doing things oh, yeah. it's just like it, it's it's just ridiculous you never know who you're going to meet and who that person's going to introduce you to and I, I mean just 2 months ago i was at the un sitting in a, a, you know sitting in at ecosoc Right, yeah. like that's ridiculous. I didn't think a I'd what? Ever... a sock. You were sitting yeah, in a sock. <laughs> <the> economic <laughs> and social committee. <laughs> right, the economic social committee had had a had a, a meet up there, and. Um, well, it was much more than a meetup, but <laughs> <laughs> UN doesn't exactly have Right. <laughs> right. You know. That's the way we define it today, yeah, yeah. right? Yeah. It's, it's As right. the entrepreneur would say. The d- yeah. d- UN is just a big meetup group. Just come together and hang out. Yeah. And Tom going to Brazil to, you know, talk at the, the World Summit of, of Peace Laureates. Like, who would have thought, you know, like a couple 20-somethings could go out there and do something like this when um, it's just not what I pictured for myself maybe even three years ago. Mm-hmm. Um so I think it's so important to just go out there and, and meet whoever you can and expand your network. And if there's similarities of people within your network, just introduce them to each other. And don't be selfish because um, not doing that is doing more harm than good. Yeah. Um, yeah, for, for sure. That's
3: nice.
0: So have you guys had to get funding or all self-funded projects coming in, making it work? Or We're what? all
3: bootstrapped, man. That's awesome. Uh, we, yeah. I mean, it, like like I alluded to in the dark ages, there was dark ages where, you know, aggressi- <laughs> no, there was lessons learned. That's yeah, what a, yeah. lessons a, learned. A, being aggressively poor was more than a phrase, yeah. <laughs> but, but you know, it, it, you, you come through it and you definitely learn a lot from it, but we haven't taken on any funding. Um, we've definitely had options to, we, but you know, when, when projects are rolling, work is work is good quality of the output is good everyone on the team is happy and and having the things that they need to you know fulfill their life or live their life um you know it's 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 crazy we had a like one of the one of the co-founders bought a condo this year it was like whoa man that's that's a big expense but yeah. you can do that now you're you're adulting right you're like, this you're is, adulting. This, yeah. the bank doesn't look bad on you yeah right it's, <laughs> hey, it's more, pretty yeah. good uh, so yeah, it's it's we haven't taken on any funding. We have helped uh, some of our startups get funding though, uh-huh. and, and that's that's you know an, another X factor that we like to bring. It's like hey, you know, there's there's um, an investor that aligns very strongly with a startup. We'll, we'll make that introduction. And um, but funding for us hasn't been something that that we do. If we ever have a product that comes out of us at uh, a checkmate, we we might do uh, some funding rounds. But as of right now, totally yeah. bootstrapped. The biggest of straps. So, <laughs> yeah.
2: so as a founder, what's your uh, vision for the company? You know, where, where do you want to take it? What's that like, this is what I'm, where I want to be with it five years, ten years down the road?
3: It's an interesting question. Five, five years is a little bit more clear than ten, uh, for sure. <laughs> I, I think, I think uh, somewhere of a cross between an accelerator and an agency um, is, is where we naturally fit. Um, so like an agency is has a very like money first model right it's like oh you have enough money okay we'll do whatever you want an accelerator is is very instructional and hand-holding which
2: higher on risk too
3: yeah Mm -hmm. which isn't exactly where i'd want to be from a strategic standpoint Uh, but i think from yeah i think there's a place in the middle that's really friendly and and just right for for us in our skill sets and the types of things that we just like to work on um so i think we really want to be able to help a startup go from from concept to funding slash exit uh and be able to have the brand connections to be able to like broker that introduction be able to say oh you know this is hey brand a this is a startup that has a product that you'd probably like um and also bring that agency talent to an accelerator because usually you don't have the agency talent mm-hmm. inside of an accelerator. So it, it's we're kind of painting our own space in the middle. Um, but for us right now, with the with our network and where our skills are between the accelerators, incubators, investors, and and all the people there, it's working out pretty well. You know, so I, I, right now I I think we're gonna continue down the path and just re- we have to refine our process. Right. And it's like a relentless refinement is is what's gonna differentiate and grow us.
1: Mm-hmm. So now's the time where I get to throw in some awkward questions. Um, <clears throat> I got to put you guys on the spot a little bit, right? Because you're 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 doing a great job. You're 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 sort of in you're embedded in the entrepreneur community, but you're also selling a product into the entrepreneur community, uh, as do I, right? Mm, I mean, sure. I, I so I, I fully understand where you're at, but. So, so one of the things you don't want to do when you're do, when you're in that position is be critical of the community that you're selling a product into. Mm-hmm. But one of the things that we have to do as hosts of a podcast is is ask you a little bit about what what are the problems in the communities that you see? What are the uh, you know what, what is it that Connecticut or the accelerators or other people could be doing better to assist these companies?
3: Sure. Um, do you want to take it first since you're connected to the community?
1: Yeah.
4: Yeah. I think. Um, well, first and foremost, I'll say that I think uh, everyone's trying to do their best job here. Um, I think that...
2: So, so politically yeah, correct. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> just wow. kill this wow. segment. Yeah. Wow. we just move on now? Yeah. Yeah. All right, Don. <laughs> no. we're, we're, we're trying to get more
1: listeners. <laughs> yes, we're <yeah>. trying to, <laughs> controversy sells. <laughs> be, be, be real.
0: <laughs> all right, all right. So, okay. <laughs> wow. Everyone's doing their best job, but...
4: Um, Boom. X factor. No. Yeah. But um, mm-hmm. I think that I think that everyone needs to work together a little bit better. Um, I think there's so many different there, there's not even so many different efforts. There's so few different efforts that don't even know that other efforts exist. <laughs> like I don't you know, New York and Boston is such a bigger community. And it seems like when I go up there, um, if I'm talking startups with with another company up there, they know about another startup I'm referring to in Boston. How is that possible there, but it's not possible here. So I think that's the number one problem is this disjointed kind of uncollaborative effort um, and I think I, I, I think that you know our mentality is gonna you know add to changing that perspective. I think that's something that we're trying to do is bring that positive collaborative vibe to Connecticut. Um, but I think that's the number one issue is that I think everyone needs to work together. I think everyone needs to be aware that everyone else exists. Um, and I think we, we need to listen to each other and listen to like what your initiatives are and like, how can I help you with your initiatives? Because like, if I don't know what you're trying to do, it's great that I can name drop some person from some organization, but what good is that? Um, I need to know what you're trying to accomplish with like reset or or whatever so that I can help you do the next big thing. Mm -hmm. Um, So
1: now were you guys involved in, uh, the, uh, innovation places grants at all?
3: Not really. No. We, we i mean we we so we were on the application for one of them um but I assume New Haven yeah or uh, Hamden. we were on the Ham- yeah cuz like one, Hamden yeah, and New yeah, Haven had anyway, separate ones, ones yeah, yeah. and then yeah so uh we like we were generally part of the process but that wasn't um like we weren't like a main driver in, in that but to to go back to the previous question of what's the problem i'm going to call out Greenwich i i think like there needs to be a serious like <laughs> thought shift of like the funding sources and like take take a, a quote risk you know th- there there needs to be more entrepreneurs in Connecticut that actually have experienced the entrepreneurial process because I think there's a lot of entrepreneurs in Connecticut who have not gone far enough off the ground to know what falling feels like and I think that the the major problem in that is the funding and they haven't had enough steam to actually, move along and, and know what it's like to either crash or fly a a, a company. And when you get a successful entrepreneur that feeds back into the ecosystem, then they can feed back and mentor and, and donate Mm -hmm. to, you know, or invest in other, other entrepreneurs. So I I think the, the people that control the purse strings really need to, to critically look at their quote portfolio and see whether or not they are investing in the ecosystem that they're claiming to support, because I don't think it's, it's true. Yeah.
1: No, there's a ton of money in the state that doesn't stay in the state. It goes right. out exactly. elsewhere for investment and uh, lack of private investment, as suppose. And, 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 you know, CI is great for what it does. But you're, you, when, when your government is the number one venture capital investor in a state, that's a problem. Of course, it's and definitely
3: a problem. They're also one of the most active VCs in the country. Yeah. So, so like that—that's actually pretty cool. You know that that they're willing to to be that active. But I think that there's so many other players in Connecticut that could be doing well, a little it, bit. Well,
1: it also doesn't help them. In some ways, it kind of hurts them, and in some ways, it hurts everybody that they don't have any competition. Exactly. Right. So, so they're not. You know they're they're not used to competing with other VCs to set terms or to mm-hmm. attract right. a company or which
2: isn't doesn't make for favorable terms exactly it, terms. It, it
1: doesn't it doesn't work in the favor of the companies like it should so I I, I absolutely agree with you I th- I think that the money movers and shakers in Connecticut should be we should should ideally be looking back into Connecticut now it's it's our job to convince them to do so right um, I mean they're no, under no obligation other than their own mortal soul to. That's just give us money but <laughs> <laughs> come on but uh, but I but I agree that's 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 a huge challenge
0: now there. do you see some of these people I mean you call that Greenwich obviously you know Fairfield Greenwich I mean right, right. G- granted granted I come from the middle of the state so we don't yeah. even consider Fairfield part of Connecticut anymore <laughs> they listen to New York 12 you know that's yeah. all that's everything but um, I mean are those other players, I mean, I assume you, you, you have some knowledge of some of those players, are they playing in other startup ecosystems and then just not even playing in Connecticut
3: just because they're like, there's nothing here or what? It's a combination of a visibility problem, yeah. right? They, they just don't know what's here to invest in. <laughs> uh, and, you yeah. know, when, <laughs> whenever I see a new entrepreneur, right, that comes in or we talk to somebody or something like that, I always say, you know what, congratulations, you're in the top 100 in Connecticut. You know, you're you're one of the best entrepreneurs in Connecticut, <laughs> mostly because there's probably not a hundred of us here, right? And, and like that, that is the fact that you even kind of could count and and think about that for a second is is a problem in itself. Mm-hmm. In the fact that entrepreneurs aren't visibly able to break through the noise to the investors, right? But at the same time, the investors are sort of going directly to New York or to Boston, right? It's like we're we're in this no man's land in, in the middle, uh, where people are just assuming that there's nothing that can that can take hold. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think it's a combination uh, of things. But um, I think that the, the conversations that are starting to happen with the innovation places with uh, just more actually qualified startups to, to be getting funding in Connecticut is, is happening. Uh, so I think I think we're going to start seeing the private sector in Connecticut
1: really become a lot more active in the next couple of months. Great. Well, I mean, that's one of yeah, the we're, why we're we should, hopeful. Yeah, <laughs> one of the reasons why we created the podcast was to help provide exposure mm-hmm. for for companies. Yeah, that's and great. and
0: we saw it too. I mean, there's a lot of people who didn't know about other you know startups. Uh, you know, again, from Hartford to New Haven, isn't that? big of a jump but you know right. a lot of people didn't even know about that um and that is it, it is one of those things i want to say just from you know being one of those entrepreneurs being one of those companies that sometimes you have to step back i mean there's there was a time probably about eight months ago where as a team we were just like all right we're going to too many events like do we really need to be at every single event does that actually i mean it's a, it is one of those legitimate questions when we have a lot of stuff to get done totally. and sometimes you're just head in the sand keep on going keep on going um but then you have to balance when you pull away too far. You're like, I'm not in the community enough. I'm not doing my thing enough, right, kind of. A thing. Um, so, so, and, and, you know, we kind of talked about in a previous podcast, like we, the innovation places stuff, I know you're kind of on the periphery. There's a lot of good stuff happening there. Hopefully, um, you know, that allows the state to kind of be raised up and more, more uh, kind of uh, visibility to the, um, uh, to the investors. But I will have to say is that one thing I like about Connecticut is that a lot of these companies, because we don't necessarily have the access to capital. We're going out and selling the product right you're actually bingo right. we're actually what you're supposed to do as a company right yeah, <laughs> exactly. so that, i mean granted you know even with our company we've we probably could have benefited from an investment but the fact that we didn't get it you know um made us ha- take you know different different routes um but we're stronger as a company now right because of that and we have more revenue coming in and so forth so it's a double-edged sword right it's almost like putting your yourself up against the wall to say, you know, instead of just relying on investor money, I'm going to figure out a way to hire the developer to make this happen, or
3: yeah, you know. and actually solve a problem and yeah, actually yeah. deliver value to customers. Like that, that, that's what you were able to do mm-hmm. because you didn't have the fluff of a float of a year to really? figure it out and to dilly dally around whatever other value propositions that that you had. Um, instead, you went right to the customer. You said, what's your problem? And you yep. delivered a valuable solution. So, I mean, in a, in a lot of ways, I totally agree. You know, it's like <laughs> you, you had no, no other option yeah. but to create your own success. And that's when, you know, you can have investors come in and say, oh, well, now that you've created value and you have, you know, a viable business, yeah. all that risk is all gone. Yep. What, what irritates me is when that that risk has been proven right you like you're showing yeah. that you you can deliver value and you're saying now I need money to scale and, and they're like uh, i don't know yeah exactly yeah. they're like well <laughs> have you really proved it you're like well you have you know hundreds of thousands of dollars in sales over the last x amount of time yeah. it's like Hey man, how much more do you want to de-risk this?
4: If yeah. you were if you were in the West Coast, they would have cut you a check six months ago. Yeah, yeah what's the last investment you made? Why don't you tell me that? <laughs> That's a know? great question. <laughs> there's exactly. No, there's no
1: venture in venture capital anymore. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm
4: gonna reverse this on you. All right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah.
1: Nice. So, guys, somebody wants to get a hold of you. How are they gonna do it?
3: They are going to go to checkmate.digital and they're gonna see us or. They're going to email Don, D-O-N, at Checkmate.digital. And that's how they'll reach us. <laughs> <laughs> or nice. they'll listen Very to this good. podcast. Yeah. Then they'll
4: go to Checkmate.digital. <laughs> yeah, then that they'll that see that. my picture. <laughs> 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 and then they'll say, I got to email Don at uh, Checkmate.digital. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice, that's nice. funny
1: because that's exactly how I was thinking. <laughs> yeah. it. Was like, like, like I'm going to look at Don's picture. <laughs> and I'm gonna click on that sucker. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna. That's a guy yeah. I gotta talk to. Yeah, I assume. A... I assume
0: it, it's not the clean shaven Don. No, 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 no. Yeah, yeah. Because that you gotta have a beard. That doesn't out. have. No, to no.
1: Don's ta- 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 a fellow rider. Oh, is he really? Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, some no, I'm player. not a rider.
0: No, no, no. I told my I told my girlfriend we're gonna get one of those trikes. One of the uh, the, <laughs> one of the two. She's like she wouldn't she wouldn't ride it with me. I was like, why not? I don't know. Man. I mean it's, it's yeah you guys the sound, you're like no, dude all no. the safety <laughs> of, of a motorcycle
3: yeah and exactly none of the coolness of a sports car yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly exactly, yeah. exactly. <laughs>
1: your first mistake was asking <laughs> <laughs> yeah. she just got it. <clears throat> Okay, guys. Well, if anybody wants to reach us, they go to ctstartup.com, uh, on, available on iTunes, Stitcher, soon to be Google Play, or yep. probably by the time this is out, Google Play. Yep. So, Mr. Spencer Courier for listening, you better be listening because yeah, exactly, it's now available yeah. on your app. And uh, please, please, please give us some feedback. Uh, rate us. Your, your ratings and uh, your feedback mean a lot, and they allow us to keep doing what we're doing.
0: That wasn't meant to beg, but please do it.
1: Yeah, no, I was begging. I was begging. <laughs> yes, no. Le- le- leave, us some, uh, leave us some stars. And if you feel like you would go on there and not leave us any stars, then don't please rate us at all. Don't. <laughs> Just stay home and lock the door. Stay yeah. in there. Uh, otherwise, thank you very much. We appreciate uh, having you guys on. It's good to see you, Tom. Good thank to see you, you Don. Thanks for having us. And uh, hopefully, we'll have you back for an update.
4: Yeah, that'd be great. Thanks, for, great. Uh, thanks for having us. It's fun. You. Thanks, guys.
3: Thank you for listening to the CT Startup Podcast.
0: We want to thank our audio sponsor, the Carolina Law Firm, our guests for the time and input, our production company, Sublime Exposure Online, and of course you, our listeners, for helping make all this possible. Make sure to check out our Facebook page, our webpage at ctstartup.com, and our Twitter at ctstartupcast. And please make sure to join our newsletter for all the latest information on connected Connecticut Startup